Welcome to Breaking Through. I'm Madeline Bell, President and CEO of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. My guest today is Dr. Bimal Desai. Dr. Desai is CHOP's Chief Health Informatics Officer, and he's an expert in clinical informatics and digital health, and he's also a pediatrician. In fact, he just came from rounds on one of our inpatient units where he's caring for patients this week. Dr. Desai's experience on the front lines of patient care gives him a unique perspective on the challenges of our patients and the healthcare team. And he's using his background in technology to develop some real innovative ways to make their lives easier. I'm excited that he's here today to tell us more about this work. So Dr. Desai, some of our listeners may not be familiar with the term clinical informatics. Can you explain what this is? Of course. And first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is great. So informatics, really briefly, is the intersection of healthcare and technology. And you can think of it as almost a blend of three different disciplines. It's a little bit like some of the classes you might take in an MBA program, like organizational behavior and change management. About a third of it is traditional IS disciplines, like networks and databases and software programming. And then about a third of it is evaluation methods like biostatistics and epidemiology. So it's really multidisciplinary and very creative. So how about a real-life example? Can you give us an idea of some of the projects that you're working on right now? Yes, absolutely. So as you know, we use our electronic health record to deliver care to almost every one of the patients that we see across the CHOP network. And one of the unfortunate consequences of these electronic health records in recent years has been the recognition that it might be contributing to physician burnout. When we survey physicians about their well-being nationally, we've seen increases in the rates of perceived burnout. And when we ask them why, many of them say that it's because of the documentation burden in the electronic health record. So we have a very deliberate effort in place at CHOP to look comprehensively at how our users interact with the electronic health record and how we can improve it. A lot of this is shoulder-to-shoulder coaching. We have trainers come and shadow our physicians and give them tips and tricks for how to improve their own electronic health record workflows. And in some cases, we actually modify the electronic health record to streamline their workflows and give them better tools for patient care. We're also working a lot on improving patient engagement through mobile care plans. The idea would be that we can actually, quote unquote, prescribe a plan of care to a patient when they leave the hospital. So instead of a simple after-visit summary, a piece of paper you might lose or forget, this is an app that can act as a coach for your health and recovery after, let's say, a surgery or something like that. And then one of the other areas that we're focusing on is digital assistance. We're really excited to see what's going to happen with voice technologies in the informatics space as ways to either aid providers or patients. So that's sort of like chatbots. If a patient is coming to CHOP and we want to confirm their appointment, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we found a vendor that makes a wonderful product that allows us to send automated, artificial intelligent scripted messages to patients that families can actually interact with. So it starts as a simple reminder about a patient's encounter saying, you know, your daughter has an appointment tomorrow afternoon in the burger center. And it provides them instructions for what time to show up and point to point directions for how to get there and where to park. But the family can also ask questions like, is my child allowed to eat before this procedure? Can they wear anything they want? And the chatbot can actually answer many of those questions in natural language. And if it doesn't know the answer, it kicks it out to a human agent who can answer the question more appropriately. That's pretty exciting. 
So the other area that you work in is an area called digital health. And as you and I know, our patients and even their parents are digital natives. And so this is really important for us to interact with them digitally. So can you give me a few examples of what this actually means? What are you working on in digital health? Yeah, I think the first and most important thing to recognize is our patients and their parents live their lives in a way that uses technology probably much more extensively than we do in healthcare. And so they're used to that sort of level of customer service or patient experience in other realms. And we're trying to match that in healthcare too. So as a simple example, everyone knows how to FaceTime with their families. And one of the things we recognized was that with a 100-bed neonatal intensive care unit, there's a really strong sense of isolation when your infant is admitted for a long period of time. So one of our earliest projects in digital health was to try to bridge that gap by installing secure web cameras at each of our 100 neonatology beds so that a family member can actually see their baby from home after visiting ours. They can securely share that video feed with their friends and relatives. And we have examples There was a mom whose child was hospitalized and whose family were all across the southeastern United States. So while she was in nursing school, she could actually check in on her baby between classes. And she had 15, 20 family members across the United States who could also check in on the baby and see how he was doing. To me, that's a great success story. You're using technology to humanize care. Yeah, and really connecting families to their children in ways that they could never have been connected in the past. That's right. I mean, if she could have spent 24-7 at the bedside, she would have. It's just that that's not always practical. So are there any other breakthroughs that you're working on in the area of digital health? We are really enthusiastic about the opportunities in telemedicine. We think there's huge opportunity for us to expand the way that we provide care to our patients One of the groups that we're working with is the Department of Surgery, who is now going to start offering an increasing number of areas, both pre-op visits and post-operative visits through telemedicine. For many families, this could result in hours of saved time and would allow them to basically dial in and see their care provider. They could show their healing wound and they could get advice about their physical therapy without ever leaving their house. So that's another one where we think there's huge value to patients and families. And it also helps to streamline some of our clinical operations as well. So it's really a video visit after they've had surgery in the convenience of their own home keeps children in school, parents at work, a big satisfier, all by using a a digital technology. Is there anything more complex that you're working on in the digital health world that you might want to talk to us about? I'm glad you asked that. Just a few weeks ago, we rolled out a new web-based tool that's integrated within Epic for our integrated genetics medical consult. And Epic is our medical record. is our electronic health record. And what this tool allows the genetic counselors to do is to describe the physical appearance and the medical conditions of the patients that they're seeing in a way that a computer can understand. So the idea is that with this simple tool that the web team developed recently, we've now given the ability for genetic counselors to completely and comprehensively describe their patients. And if that patient has genetic testing, they can use those data and the computer can actually match their genetic tests with their physical and disease type to try to come up with a better diagnosis. That sounds pretty exciting. We also are really focused on 
doing our best to meet the unmet needs of our patients and families. You talked a little bit about how we're using technology to help them in matters of convenience and access. Are there other things that you're working on with the team here? We're actively exploring ways to make wayfinding across our campus much easier. The bigger the chop gets, the harder it is to find your way around. And we recognize that that's a pain point for a lot of families. Our goal would be that in addition to that chat bot that sends you instructions for how to get to the clinic, once you come to our campus, there would be another set of tools, all within the same mobile application, that tells you turn by turn how to get to the office that you're trying to reach. And we think that that sort of seamless handoff, that the ability to really meet the patient's needs and their family's needs will be really, really helpful. And I understand that you're looking for ways for families to have more interaction, more access to their child's medical record, and even the children and adolescents themselves. How do you make that happen? That's a great question. First of all, I want to say that I believe strongly and my team believes strongly that patients have the right to see their own medical records. And the health system should do everything it can to try to make those records as transparent as possible. One of our tools to do this is our MyChart patient portal. And with the right security and with the right framework for access, we think we can actually really, really push this idea of digital transparency so that every family can see lab results almost immediately for their own children. Every family can see upcoming encounters, and they can also eventually see a certain set of progress notes. And we think that families have that right to see that information. And do you want to talk a little bit about what you might be doing in other areas that are sort of shifting how healthcare happens in the future? We're looking to see how we can use the electronic health record in lots of different ways. For many years, we've had a strong partnership with our quality and safety group. And one of the things that we know is that if you can standardize care, that typically results in higher quality care. One of the tools to standardize that care is the electronic health record. So a partnership between quality groups and safety groups and informaticists ends up really improving the kind of care and the, the quality of the care that we can provide to our patients. So at CHOP, I'm really focused on innovation and creating an ecosystem, a culture of innovation. Can you tell me how you have interacted in this area and what might have come of it? My interaction with the innovation ecosystem at CHOP goes back to 2014. At that time, CHOP was partnering with a local digital health accelerator. This is a group that typically finds young startup companies and tries to improve their product and get them to market as quickly as possible. And I was fortunate enough at that time to have an idea around how we would use the electronic health record to improve patient privacy. And this company became known as Haystack Informatics. It successfully went through this accelerator program. And I'm very pleased to say that as of February of this year, Haystack Informatics was actually acquired by Iatric Systems. That program of trying to cultivate startup companies within CHOP and develop them and to have them, quote unquote, graduate from CHOP eventually became what's known as our Office for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And they've had, in my opinion, a fantastic track record of finding these early companies and developing them and graduating them from CHOP. In addition, the fellowship program in clinical informatics has had a lot of success. We have some extraordinarily talented clinical informatics fellows. These are physicians who are going back to do a few years of additional training in informatics. And just as a few examples, some of our recent fellows have created a product called Phrase Health, 
which is a product that looks at how hospitals can curate their own clinical decision support content. A number of our other fellows created a product called Snapchart, which is a toolkit that integrates with the electronic health record. Some of our current fellows are working on a trainee interactive learning system called Trails, which I'm very eager to see how they move that forward. And even outside of the innovation space, we've seen lots of examples of these really creative ideas that tap into our expertise in software development and innovation. You can see that this is a place that really works to foster and create that kind of energy around innovation. Thinking about innovation, I'd love to hear what you think about the future. Your experience in working in clinical informatics and digital health, you know, how do you think that will be applied in the future? What do you think the hospital environment will look like in the next, say, 10 to 20 years? I think the biggest and most disruptive set of changes we're going to see will use deep learning in ways that we can't even anticipate today. If you look at some of the research papers that are coming out in this space, what we're finding is that in many cases, these deep learning algorithms are as good or better than humans at things like reading radiology studies, reading pathology slides. So we're going to see fields in medicine that are completely disrupted by deep learning, and I think it'll happen in my professional career. I also think we're going to see much smarter sensors, better sensors and smarter sensors to monitor patients' health. So that instead of having your child in a bed connected to 17 different wires, you might have a single sensor placed on the chest that's communicating wirelessly with a central command center. And a sensor that can distinguish if your child is moving around versus if they're actually in distress. So I think that's another area where we'll see a lot of progress. I think that we're going to see a lot of change in the precision therapy area as well. As we get better and better at understanding the causes of disease, we'll also know which patients are most likely to to deteriorate and which patients need maybe slight deviations from our clinical care pathways. And I think almost all of this is going to be empowered by this sort of explosion of computational technologies, the deep learning algorithms and things like that. Well, I hope you're part of leading us into that future. It sounds pretty exciting. I always ask my guests, what's their personal breakthrough. And I'd like to ask you to tell me a little bit about your biggest breakthrough moment. I'm going to reach back a little bit and talk about a breakthrough that happened as I was finishing my residency here at CHOP. So I don't have a background in computer science, or I did not at the time. My exploration in informatics really resulted or came from a very specific experience when I was a resident. At the time, in 2003, 2004, we were switching electronic health records at CHOP. And by virtue of being one of the chief residents then, I was on these committees to help design the new system. The first project I did was to look at how we could use this new electronic health record to safeguard some of our high-risk medications. And we had this aha moment when we understood that we could take the user interface of this electronic health record, and just by the design, the visual design of the screen, we could actually improve the prescribing error rate or reduce the error rate. So in other words, by focusing on usability and human-centered design, we could completely change the risk of these high-risk medications. And that was an aha moment for me, and it's probably what completely made me change career paths in going to informatics. I'm glad you did, because you've brought a lot of value here to CHOP. That's all the time we have today. So Dr. Abimal Desai, I want to thank you so much for joining me and to learn more about how you can be part of tomorrow's breakthroughs at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Please visit chop.edu giving. 
At CHOP, we make breakthroughs every day. I'm Madeline Bell. Thank you for listening.